Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsperts.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Forgive me that we news just, just we before just we dropped go. a bombshell on Paul Brady and he's just, <laughs> Bloody he's hell. <laughs> it's just me, unadulterated Brady for two weeks. Look, guys, uh, patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Uh, that's where you'll find us. Appreciate uh, the price of a cup of tea or uh, even a beer if you'd like. Uh, those sort of monthly donation, donations really, really help us out. And uh, thanks very much to everyone that's donating. It's great if you can afford it. If you can't, no sweat. We'll always be here. And we've got some exciting news. We've got some exciting news. I'm just going to clap, guys, because oh. uh, I forgot to switch my, my recorder on. So I'm going to by Pete. Oh, Sorry, Pete. No. Sorry, Pete. Sorry. Um, he was just trying to Brandon, undo you, my exciting you saying, news. You were saying. What's your news, Brent? So the exciting news is because of how positive last week was about cats. I get to glorify these beasts. Um, and we have got some brilliant guests coming on uh, with uh, great cat knowledge. Um, Julianne, you met last week. If you've not watched the podcast, go back and watch it. Okay, right now, um, if you, or the live, uh, if you have um, also possibly gone on the RFBS website, um, we've got a future president of the RFBS also joining us, Amaya Espinola, who's uh, currently working out in Spain, but she does, uh, she's very much a fell vet, so feline vet uh, out there, just concentrates on cats. So she's joining me on the 22nd of July. We're hoping to do that. Now, I'm, I'm officially like, Nick down in Cornwall, but I'm going to see if I can get the uh, the uh, powers that be to give me some Wi-Fi um, down there so that we can actually do that podcast, which looks like it's yeah. sorted. Lord. So uh, it's going to be great. And, and that will be a great thanks also to another great raw feeder, Moddy, who I'm going to uh, uh, call in on and hopefully have a great weekend and also do some podcasting. Oh, are you going to see, you going to see Moddy uh, on your way down? Because I'm going on to go and see back. Charlie on on the Friday. Yeah, on Friday I'm going to go and have coffee with with. Uh, I with think you go on the way, way down, down, and we come on the yep. way back. <laughs> She's trying to keep cool. us apart for some reason. Yeah, I don't obviously, know why. <laughs> I think I think she was worried about her wine cellar. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Look, guys, we better get to the point. Yeah, let's here. get we're, cracking. Uh, let's we're get cracking. We're talking about pet food labels, and we're we're 15 minutes in. So who wants to who wants to start? Where are we starting? I'd like to start about what, what, what's not on the label. And I'll tell you what's not on the label, the food miles. They say that in, in, in the state, processed food has usually got about 1,500 food miles on it because of all the various ingredients traveling. So that's one thing that will never be on the label. Uh, the other thing is that even if they say that it's grass-fed, there's actually, I have been reliably informed that there's a, there's actually a difference between grass-fed and pasture-fed because grass-fed could just be one Ooh. or two species in the field whereas pasture-fed 
you know, your average pasture is going to have 27 species of grasses and ah. and uh, plants and herbs and what have you. So pasture-fed, guys, is the, is the future. Um, mm. So that's, that's it. The other thing that I was wanting to say was that uh, if a, pro a processor uses an ingredient that has been processed before it got to them for making up into the kibble, meat or bone or meat and bone meal, for example, they don't have to put the ingredients of whatever that the manufacturers put yep. into those those bone meal. Okay, so there could yep. be there could be all sorts, you know. So uh, the other thing is that they've they've done studies in the states and they found that dogs taking uh, kibble food be up thirty two times more glyphosate in their bloods than in raw fed dogs and that's mainly because of the glyphosate in the grains and that won't be on the label um and also we might want to talk I and mean, i'm happy to have a little chat about all these things but i'm sure you've got amazing things to bring to bear is the packaging will bleed nasties into the kibble because kibble is tends to yeah. be quite uh, greasy and so there will be a certain amount of bleed, and obviously the older older it is, and the warmer of the environment that it's been in, you're going to get a bleeding of phthalates and EPAs and, and and what have you. So this is a reason to be careful about find BPA-free plastic. Yeah, and that's noted in a cat study yeah. on hyperthyroidism uh, that we talked about last year mm -hmm. when we talked about feline hyperthyroidism, which we'll touch again on. Um, but yeah, because you remember, a lot of the canned food, they're cooked in the can. Yeah. So not only did they then go, we're not, you know, rather than contaminating it with the metals, we're going to keep it fresher by lining the can with plastic. And then they stuck stick right. the food in, and then they cook the food in that can, heated up with all of those plastic. What could possibly go wrong? Similarly, my issue with some of the drugs, they give a 28-day withdrawal. So for... Animals that are treated, you're absolutely thinking great. But actually, they look at the general concentrations and accept that below a certain parts per million is acceptable for those drugs to come through into the system. Actually, we know that some of those drugs can be active. And Colin, you talked about this before the weekend, about chemicals that can be active at parts per billion. Um, he's wondering where I'm going to go with this. But, you know, from a point of view of how those can affect the wildlife um, uh, in our environment and then how they could actually affect our pets if they, those drugs are in there. And so one of those drugs that I always worry about is the delousing treatment of salmon, which is usually an organophosphate, OK, that they use. Yeah, believe it or not. Really? Still? You know, um, and that's the most effective way of delousing uh, salmon. And... Where does that love to sit? It loves to sit in that fat of the salmon. It does. What do we then yeah, use yeah, that fat yeah. for? Our lovely salmon oil, which yeah. is one of the reasons I oil. never want to use farmed salmon oil. Oh. So you're saying they're using yeah. OPs in salmon, even to this day, even though they banned them 25 years ago? Uh, no, they, they, no, they didn't. They banned, them, they banned them for dipping sheep. Yeah, but also applications. And applications, they didn't, top and ban like them. they didn't ban them from all treatments. Wow. Well, they should do. Yeah. That's so, ridiculous. Crazy. So, yeah, it's, you know, 
in 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 a in a in a note there to what Nick said, um, this is from a fabulous book called Feeding Dogs. Uh, scientists have discovered chemicals in commercially available pet foods, kibble, uh, that have detrimental effect on sperm quality in dogs and also negatively affect male-female ratios and litter size over the last 30 years. They also found an increased incidence of crypto cryptorchism in male offspring. What's that, guys? You can tell me in a second. In your abdomen. Oh, yeah. I actually, I actually tell you. A condition in which the testes fail to correctly descend into the scrotum. The environmental contaminants that are responsible for these effects, most notably uh, DEHP and polychlorinated uh, biphenyl PCB, were found in dry pet food and the dog's testes. testes quote, a concentration is reported to perturb reproductive function in the species. Can you believe that? And that's all coming off the packets and lining of the cans yeah. that's going into the food. So, Nick, you're spot on. And they've the studies to show that's the case and that um, fertility is decreasing in males as a result and in humans because those families that we're well. getting in our food. Yeah, it's actually, did you know our bum is getting closer to our scrotum? Your, your taint is getting shorter and shorter, <laughs> honestly. You and need it's to one stop of the, wearing it's those the, tight pants. <laughs> no, yeah. But, uh, I'm telling you, it's one of the way. It's one of the ways you tell the difference between a male and female rat that, or something. Is that like when that they the taint is bigger bind, on a male. Bind the, the the young children's feet in the far east to make their yeah. feet really small. I squish my. I squish <laughs> he my just wears together. petty smugglers. But, That's all it is. But it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not good news uh, for the species when that sort of stuff is happening. And uh, just in like one or two parts per billion changes the sex of of uh, little animals living in the sea and stuff like. This stuff is in the food chain. It's in our sea. It's in our uh, uh, seafood. It's in our meat. It's in anything with plastic packets. Now we've got foil in the bag, rice in a plastic packet. Like anyway, okay. talk about stuff. Let, it's let, not okay, let, God, let, we're getting close stuff. again. If we're not, get, we're going to get taken off air because Connor's going to start talking sex, and we can't do that <laughs> this time. Again, <laughs> so again. Just, be really <laughs> careful. It's just like... is, I just honestly. I don't understand. We are the only species that are embarrassed about our own bums. Yeah. That we Not just embarrassed like bums and, I'm and just poo. saying, there's a, there's a section of the... It's, there's a line that we can't talk. You can't talk about willies. I just don't get it. It's just, it's just a normal thing. We can talk thing. about willies. I want I it to just, be... There's something else that we're not yeah. going to touch on. That you... <laughs> okay. Well, you let me know where the line is. We'll have to do a little graph where I know what I can and can't uh, touch on. Do we have that so a special signal? You know, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Connor, have you got have you got a a, a or, yeah, or Brent, have you got that the, the picture of the the ingredients that we could go through? Yeah. Oh what? I've got it. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna share my no, screen. No. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Um, He's there for me. <laughs> is he? Oh okay. Is he? He's over there. Like the wrong person. <laughs> uh, entire screen. <laughs> Click share. Right, Ditch what we're that. going to do, guys, is we're going to get, get up a typical, a typical kibble ingredient list and have a look at that and take you through it. Oh, Connor, look, you've got too many okay, shares. Okay, so, guys, let me. What about that? One. There we go. Right, we're going to. Can enough. you see it? You can get still. Rid of us. Right, you, the, we're going to get rid of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it's about time. Hey. Connor, you're on. This is your label. Here you go. So, yes. so, guys, this is a Royal Cannon, uh, that's Royal Cannon Labrador adult pet food. It's not dissimilar to the, to the puppy pet food, in, in fairness. And this is a good news and bad news story. You know, you can go through these ingredients and, and slag them off very easily. Uh, but there's also some good news, or at least they're feeling the pressure and things are changing in pet food world, because I never even realized. Compare this product to the Labrador product four or five years ago, the one I used in my actual, um, in my book. 
the, the, the for example, the protein content. Check it out down the bottom. That protein content. Can you see my little cursor hovering over the protein? No, probably not. Um, yes, the analytical can. constituents at the bottom. Um, that protein is thirty percent, guys. That is an enviable protein content compared to the usual cereal-based muck that uh, some uh, pet food manufacturers are happy to put out. That is would be seen as much, much higher because normally the industry average is 18, 20% protein. Most dry pet food companies have been using the minimum amount of protein uh, to get six, eight dogs through uh, an eight, uh, a six-month test in a pet food manufacturer's warehouse. So, um, so this protein content has jumped up. And if it's not, it, it, as it's not a, like a prescription magic food for an animal that suddenly needs more protein, this is heartening for me that there's more protein in the food. So it's straight out of the traps. I want to say that's good news. The puppy food is 33%, which is good because when Frogdal looked at these foods about six or eight years ago, the Royal Cannon puppy food had 21.7% protein, which is 0.3% below the legal minimum you can have in a puppy food. So Royal Cannon have pulled up their socks here a bit. The question will be, okay, Protein is not protein. If I tell you I'm going to give you 30% protein in your dinner and I put a shoe on your plate, you're going to go, oh, Jesus, Connor, I was kind of expecting a bit more than that. So what's in this food? First ingredient, maize. That's corn. Okay, what a surprise. That's just, you know, junk filler. Rice, junk filler, high carbohydrate, obesity-induced in, pancreatitis-loving, uh, couldn't, couldn't support any more of these. These are my opinions, uh, Royal Cannon, so this isn't uh, reflective of the actual product itself, but high carbohydrates. It doesn't list the carbohydrate. Nick's talking about things that aren't listed in pet foods. It doesn't tell you the carbohydrate contents. You're not obliged to know. Which is pretty sneaky, I think. Oh, yeah. Isn't absolutely. it? They could put as much sugar. They, yeah. The main, the main ingredient, and they, they haven't put the percentage down. You can work it yeah. out. but it, Yeah, here's how you work it out. So you, you add up all what you have, which is 30 plus 13, 43 plus 7, which is 50. And then you got 4, which is 54. Add in um, another kind of... Uh, you know, 10% for ash, 60. So maybe 40% carbohydrates. That is about 10% carbohydrates less than normal. Normally it's 50 to 60%. This is 40% carbohydrates, ever so slightly better, but still high carbohydrate food for an animal that does not need carbohydrates. So let's get into the more scandalous stuff because the um, this dehydrated beef and pork protein, what do they mean by dehydrated? Well, recently the industry, AFCO, decided that bloody bloggers and the internet was... Uh, a tarnishing meat meal and making it sound bad. You know, bone meal that we spread in the gardens, meat and bone meal to the pet food industry. Now these they started calling it meat meal, but still we saw through it. We said, lads, meat meal is crap. It's the sludge scraped off the bottom of a renderer's vat. At least if your renderer's vat is in Europe, you've got good quality human grade meat that went into it. Well, human grade bone. But uh, in the in the US, that can be cats and dogs, leftover restaurant food, all sorts of crap, rogue kill. So this great goo is scraped off the bottom, dried, and sent to pet food companies, including so guys. Can... Yeah, but 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 uh, Connor, uh, including yeah. the plastic ear tags that the cattle yeah. will have would have gone in with. So that and and also bags. If somebody rocks up yeah. at the rendering yard with uh, three hundred chickens in plastic bags, they go into yeah. the soup. Okay, just to, yeah. to let you know. And, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think it's really important to say that that's that's the starting point, and that happens all over the world. I've had yeah. that from yeah. from real authorities. The other thing, just before yeah. we go down the down the list, why do they put maize and rice? Why don't why don't separate, they separate out the carbs? Exactly, it's so that they yeah. so that so that they look like they're not putting too much maize and not putting too much rice. But when you add that part yeah. together, it's loads. 
Can I just also it? just bring in, yeah, so these, yeah. just, just for European labeling, these have to be in order. So the, the first one on the list is the one of the largest quantity. So as we work yeah. down that list, so maize is the largest quantity in that food. Rice is the second largest yeah. quantity in that food. Um, just to check with you, Connor, because a lot of labels had meat and animal derivatives, which really got a bad name, similar to the meat and bone meal mm. and that side of things. And I'm guessing this is why they've gone to dehydrated beef and pork protein. Uh, yeah, in there. sounds sounds fantastic. Yeah, I think meat meat derivatives at least go in fresh, like uh, by meat byproducts. It's all pieces that you know you wouldn't give the mother-in-law. It's all still pieces that's like, my God, you wouldn't want too much of it. But, and actually the thing about meat derivatives and byproducts, when the meat goes in fresh, if it just says chicken or beef, they mean, you know, chicken, feet or beef, whatever, you know, ears. And, but it, that goes in fresh and the rest of these ingredients are dry. So even if you have a wet meat ingredient at the top, by the time you dehydrate it, like the rest of them, it would move way down the list. Another sneaky little ploy they have. Okay, so look, dehydrated beef and pork bone. Okay, fantastic. And then dehydrated poultry bone. Um, and then here's a great one, idolized animal proteins. And I didn't know what hydrolyzed animal proteins were, to be honest with you. I thought it was kind of like the way they make the fancy hypoallergenic magic George Jetson food for dogs with uh, allergies. But this is kind of an external digestion of meat for some reason. They bathe a whole heap of this uh, meat stuff in uh, hydrochloric acid, which, as Bren correctly pointed out, is just the same acid in your stomach. And then they balance it with sodium chloride. You know, I'm not liking the sound of it already. But the reason they do that is because hydrolyzed animal protein is considered, um, it's, it's the precursor to MSG. So that process produces a, a, a taste enhancer, essentially. Hydrolyzed animal proteins are used as a taste enhancer. And later, when I work out how not to share my screen, uh, I'll re I'll, look, there's, there's plenty of reviews saying you don't want too much of this in your diet. There's side effects to this. But it makes the animal want to eat it because it's a taste enhancer, okay? So hydrolyzed animal proteins makes the dogs eat it. Animal fats. This is an interesting one. They don't tell you what fat. So if they can't tell you chicken fat or beef fat, it means it came from a rendering vat that took anything. And if you're in the US, you should run a mile from that because that can mean cat and dog fat. Okay, in two out of five of the main rendering companies in the US that still take in cats and dogs and sell pet food, pet meal, uh, meat meal to pet food companies. So if they can't tell you the name of the animal, the thing that, that rendering plant will take in anything. Not so dramatic in Australia, in the UK, in Europe but uh, it's much more dangerous in China and uh, Asia that are producing a lot of the meat meals and, uh, and the States. Vegetable fibers, who knows? Bee pulp, leftover mold um, from the bee processing industry, the sugar industry, and they have all this fibrous mess left over. We need to make money out of it. We can't just dump it so you sell it to the pet food companies or give it away free. Maize gluten, that's just a ridiculous term. That's the outside of the corn kernel that we can't digest and normally poo out. The dog can't digest it either. Why include it? Because it jets up the protein content of the food. So they don't have to just rely on meat bone. Uh, they can just up, they can up it with, you know, beef pulp and maize gluten. It adds protein to the food and buzz it. Again, Royal Canada, this is my opinion, in case you have a stooge watching. You Guys, uh, just a yeah. thought that there, Connor. Um, yeah. It's disappointing that they, they don't take the opportunity to put in vegetables. They just put in vegetable fiber. Yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's a real... You know, even if they're putting in dried yeah. vegetables, that would yeah. be better because there's a lot of amazing phytochemicals within vegetables that we don't even know about even now. So that's a real shame. And the beet pulp, yep, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's a, it's a, a, a filler. It's just uh, a disposed of by the beet industry. Um, maize gluten, maize gluten. Well, they make, they make 
they, they grow so much corn in the States that they've got to do something with it, you know, and it's all subsidized yeah. as well, by the way. And it's all yeah, that's really right. bad for the, uh, for the soil. Really, yeah. really monoculture bad. kind of crap. And that's how grows yeah. your animals and your chicken is all corn. And then it's wrapped in a corn batter. And then you drink a corn fructose drink with it. It's all corn, 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 which is crazy. The vegetable fiber is a good point because there was a tech, there was a product um, that helped dogs think better. And they wrapped it up as magic brain care food mm. and sell it to people at extortionate prices. And the only difference between that and the standard muck was 1% dried spinach, 1% dried carrot, 1% dried blueberry, 1% dried tomato. Because the ingredients in that, from lutein to zeaxanthin and anthocyanins, are known to preserve cognitive ability. Mm. And the dogs were better after two years locked up, or not locked up, I suppose it's fair to say that, but a good quality, good amount of dogs, 40, 50 dogs. The dogs that got the slightly supplemented food, as Nick was saying, if they just use this dry, it would cost them nothing. Uh, it's immensely beneficial for them, but instead it's the fiber from a vegetable, so it's leftovers as opposed to use. They do need a lot of fiber in these products because they have to make this, um, it's useful for the dog's digestion because this is a high carbohydrate diet, carbohydrates and bone, which would be, uh, that would produce a very, very dry poo. So fiber helps bulk uh, the stool. So it is an important ingredient in that respect. Uh, yeast or parts thereof I'm sure there's a reason for that it's probably nutritional in fairness to them fish oil okay about time that's good news because this product as you can see down here has an enviable amount of EPA and DHA now that EPA DHA was added six eight months ago so EPA DHA they're your omega-3s guys and studies showed 25% of complete pet foods sold in Britain don't contain any of these omega-3s these are the animal sourced omega-3s from fish oil so this is good news it's also quite a lot the problem is that you have this bag of food that you open and as times get harder, we buy bigger bags to save money and it just sits there oxidizing. And this fat, no matter how well they try to chemically preserve it, and the problem is the chemical preservatives they use in this product, I've asked them for comments, they haven't got back to me, likes of BHA, BHT, Atoxiquin, I don't know if they're in this particular product, but that's what keeps fat from oxidizing in dried pet food. So, okay, it's great. It's in there because it's better. Like studies show uh, when you add the stuff into pregnant bitches and pups, they do so much better. So fish oil, at least it's going in. That's something. I think that's good news because most of the time they didn't do that. Soya oil, God only knows why. What Psyllium uh, husks, seeds, fructo-oligosaccharides, that is a, 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 a low-calorie sugar sweetener. So that, again, that's to make the dogs eat it. Hydrolyzed crustaceans. You won't see any salts written on this label, but they are in there. Yeah, so I, there is a I, would, I would also say a lot of fructooligosaccharides are added to foods now just because of this prebiotic okay, uh, effect. Yeah. So yeah. although the studies are done in non-carnivorous uh, okay. uh, animals, so in, in omnivores and herbivores, um, fructooligosaccharides are known to um, enhance certain bacteria, okay, so the lactobacilli, um, and therefore, they have started to declare those on labels. It's not just because, okay. I mean, because a lot of people would recognize that as a sugar with being a saccharide, but ultimately, mm. that name has come onto labels since they started to really push prebiotic within foods as yeah. much as anything to just try and stabilize the gut flora from yeah. all of the disturbance yeah. that the food's causing in the first place. But that's yeah. which you know, show. Uh, yeah, so, that's interesting. Yeah, Guys, if you notice that, that in the old days there used to be salt, you, and you'd be able to say, right, anything yeah. above salt would be above one percent, and anything below there yeah. would be below. Is there um, a beans trick? There's no salt yeah. declared in 
that. There's no salt mentioned here. Oh, Potassium chloride, sodium chloride. You have to be uh, Inspector Gadget to find out what that is. But if you don't put salt in the pet food, the dog won't eat it. So salt, particularly cats. So uh, salt is definitely, and there's two or three different types of salt used. So people are used to asking for sodium chloride. Give me the sodium content. But there's two or three others, potassium chloride and other sneaky ways to get salt. But it's not even mentioned here. On the plus side, they do include uh, some ground up seashells uh, or crustaceans of some fashion and hydrolyzed cartilage, which is boiled blue cartilage. Okay, this just shows, this glucosamine and chondroitin, this shows that these pet food companies are listening because you would never would have seen these sort of ingredients outside of a magic joint formula they discovered where they fed uh, pet food with an added glucosamine and chondroitin and the dogs were ever so slightly less arthritic by the time they're eight. So these are welcomed ingredients for dry fed dogs. They still don't have any collagen or vitamin C or hyaluronic acid or glucagon, glutathione, all the other stuff that joints are made of because they don't include this. Uh, they only produce pulverized bone meal, but it's still better than no glucosamine and chondroitin. So even though it's ultra processed, I'd like to know how much got through. I googled Marigold extract, 50% is lost to um, processing, but at least they put something in there, you know? And then you got yeah, all your vitamins only and at, stuff that- Only at 0.1%. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah the forage oil is 0.1. Yeah, the marigold extract true. is either 0.1 or less. But that's yeah. not going to do anything, is it? It looks good on the it's label, not. but it's not going to do anything yeah. for the dog. Especially when you remove 50% of it after from processing. So that's interesting. Yeah. Look, all these additives and stuff, we can talk. We've talked about additives before. I just want to draw some of the fact that iodine here. Um, iodine is put in as iodide. Iodide is how it's found in nature. And this does it very interestingly, the reason iodide from a conical flask blows out your thyroid and iodine from seaweed doesn't is because the iodine in seaweed is wrapped up in fiber. It slows the release and slows the digestion of the, of the iodine so you don't get the punch. So that was a new thing. I always wondered why the food source didn't have the same effect and it's the same with calcium carbonate and zinc oxide. The, the conical flask versions, versions of these iron, they just write iron now instead of saying iron oxide, which is what it is. The copper is probably copper sulfate, manganese oxide, they don't put in the oxide bit, which is, that's the nitty gritty because there's good quality manganese supplements, chelated manganese, but they don't have to even tell you what sort of manganese they use because we know iron oxide's crap, zinc oxide's crap. We know that's probably what they're using. They just don't write it anymore. You just don't need to know that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, that's the cheeky. good and the bad of the, Very it is cheeky. So, so it's just Connor, they can change the rules. Have you and, looked into, because yeah. obviously these E numbers, which is, you know, you've started on there, you've got E1 through 5 on that label. Yeah. Do they What's that qualify the actual E number in the descriptions in the European legislation for whether that's copper sulfate for E4? Oh, I will find out. I will Ooh. find out, Brian, I'll have the answer yeah. next week. Yeah, I, almost certainly they do. I mean, there has to be some reference to that. There's, but I mean, I'm a pet food consumer. I don't bloody know manuals of European. Yeah. You know, this stuff, you know, isn't it not fair? It's so, so unfair. Anyway, look, that's, that's a lift. The puppy food is kind of similar, but there's some pluses, which is your 30% protein. There's EPA DHA added uh, with fish oil. They're paying attention to the fact that joints need building blocks, which is, you know, something. But this is worrying. This amount of dried bone matter here would be worrying and if i was to put money on it i would love to send it and test it test it for calcium and see how much bone is in there so that'd be one thing i'd really like to do and may well do and the way you do that is you'd order the product from an online supplier and ship it straight to the lab so they can't accuse you of handler biases i am amazed every day actually where people's dogs that come in that are fed kibble 
are actually managing to survive as well as they are because that is actually you know yeah what some of this stuff does to them um i you know always take a a little bit of a check and people say how brilliant the quality is and how much better they're doing on this dry food over the other dry food that they were feeding before and you're thinking oh just i wish yeah. that you'd just start to feed raw and just see the difference because there's some great positives we've, yeah, we've had some recent um articles on you know the again a comparison of raw to ultra high processed foods just in this last week um on showing the benefits yes. um do you remember the reference yeah. um connor we were talking about this just before we yeah came i'll on. share it on the facebook page now frontiers and science it came out in and the name of the study was uh oh god effects of a whole food diet on immune function and inflammatory phenotype in healthy dogs so in other words this was victory number three so there's been three case controlled studies of dry v raw fed dogs so case controlled means that they bang the dogs on one food and and took a look at their baseline markers for whatever. And then they changed them to the, to the test food. So dry to raw and then back to dry again or whatever. So um, that's one way of seeing what's going on. You would think that there's a million of these studies out there because the whole veterinary industry wouldn't have jumped to dry pet food without a whole heap of evidence, would they? And yet they only started producing these studies in 2015, first by Helsinki. And now we've got three case-controlled studies and each one of them a glorious victory for real food. Uh, and it's increasing, so it's increasing inflammatory markers in the dog. This is the second one to show that. The first one was the homocysteine study, 10 times more homocysteine. And we don't know if that's because it spikes so much insulin all the time and insulin's inflammatory, or is it the terrible chemicals, napalm in the gut floor, or just the horrible fats or lack thereof, good fat, and all the other stuff. That could, we don't know what it is yet. And then we had another case control study showing that there's more histamine in the skin layers. And then you had the giant survey that said pups born to dry fed mothers are more prone to atopy. Because of course that's linked, you know. So, um, yeah, that was a great victory for, for, for science that, for that day. I've got one more odious label, guys, I came across today as I was talking, talking to Ian Billinghurst today. And we were talking about Greenlick Muscle. And I was looking at a label. And I was looking at the best-selling one on Amazon. And it said, I was looking at the strength of the Greenlick Muscle, trying to figure out the best way to get the extract. Because, you know, the danger is you're just buying the squished muscle powder, which is the whole point, the whole danger with the Greenlick Muscle industry. It's as dodgy as the Manuka honey industry. Am I getting Manuka honey here? So now they have to tell you how much... How much Manuka honey is in your Manuka honey? Um, so this green lip muscle industry is suffering the same issue. So they squish the muscles and you've got green lip muscle extract, which is your really good stuff that will help you. And then you've got the squished muscle that they sell up in powder and sell you green lip muscle powder and it won't have the same medicinal effect. So you're trying to see the fat content, okay? So there needs to be a bit of lipid, green lip muscle lipid in there. The best selling uh, one on, on, on Amazon is a 1,000 milligram tablet. High strength green lip muscle extract, 1,000 milligram tablet. Do you know how much green lip muscle is in that 1,000 milligram tablet? It says on the label, 1,000 milligram tablet of green lip muscle, and it's the third ingredient. It does 500 milligrams of green lip muscle in it. So you think you're buying a strong green lip muscle tablet, but actually it's only 500 milligrams. The rest is rice bran and all this sort of filler crap. It's just a way to make... milligram weight tablet weight. With, with 500 milligrams of green lip muscle in yeah, it. Yeah, but they don't write that on the label. That is in the, that's on the website. And it's like, Jesus, the first ingredients are carbs because they're packing it up. And now their product looks quite reasonable because the 500 milligram tablets are, you know, so in a price comparison, everyone goes for that. And they do see benefits, but they're getting ripped off. Yeah. And I just and thought, Jesus. There was a right. great witch article back in probably the mid-2000s on uh, assessing some really high brands. So some high street stores in the UK uh, that do a lot of supplements, 
sometimes sell a second bottle for a penny, um, you know, and they found anywhere between zero, yes, that's a big oh, fat God. zero, and 500% of the stated amounts on the supplements bottle. Purely and simply Whoa. because unless it's pharmaceutically graded, there is no control over the supplement industry in the UK and actually in America. Um, it's very similar. There is no demand that you need to test every batch. So actually you can Ooh. end up buying what even, even if you found a label that said it was a thousand milligrams of green lip muscle yeah. because there are no controls unless it says it's pharmaceutically graded and they can guarantee that's what's in it okay ah. through that certification ah. they could still say well on average the batches would produce that it just happened wow. that that batch didn't have the greenlit muscle in it at the time that it went through the machine. <laughs> it's like... Wow, it's kind of like the analytical constituents on pet food. They're assuming that, as Hills uh, happily uh, proved to us in 2016, they sent 22 million cans of this dog food out of the factory and they didn't check the nutrient content of one of them. And after a while, you know, there's excess vitamin D here, guys, highly dangerous for dogs. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, the vitamin and mineral supplier told us this is what the nutrient content of the, the powders that we were buying in were. It's like you never measure the mix before or after. They just do a mathematical equation based on the stuff that comes in. They process the hell out of it. And then, oh, this is what your dog is getting six months later when you open the bag and it's sitting in the cupboard for two weeks. Oh, my God. It's so that's why when you look at this complete food, the levels are all over the place. Just like Brandon was saying, there's no regulation. There's no one checking these things. All they care about is salmonella. And, and the rest is just, <laughs> you're on your own, again? you know? Where's, where's that voice from? <laughs> which, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> I shouldn't jest. Food poisoning. It's not funny. <laughs> When's the last uh, time you had food poisoning? So guys? we're going to apologise now, guys, Never. because somebody's got a slight Never. fever and he's feeling just a little oh, bit yeah. peaky. So that's why he's coming <laughs> out with silly sweat. villain voices. Yeah. <laughs> it's anyway, not because yeah. it's hot weather got outside. Food poisoning. <laughs> I'm not surprised, Nick, you've never had food poisoning. I'm not surprised. Bren, have you ever had food poisoning? Surely you've had food poisoning, no. Bren. What? No, mate. Oh, I've had it. I had it in Bolivia, even, lads. It even, is not funny. No, oh, you see, wow. I've never, never had food poisoning. I've, I've had a vomiting bug, but that was caught directly off uh, um, a relative child that was coming. But I've never had food poisoning okay. where it's been from the food. Um, and uh, oh, yeah. I would just say, mind you, I always say it's in good stead because, you know, the, the way we used to cook as students, where we used to leave food bubbling away oh, yeah. steadily. Yeah. <laughs> At a very yeah. low heat yeah. for days on end and yeah. just dip in for a quick lunch. Was... <laughs> I don't think there's any life on, on pot noodles anyway. I think there's no life in it. That's it. It's very hard to get salmonella from an ultra pulverized food. Oh no, we used to do those those chilies, chilies that used to last for a week, you know, that you just slowly cook Ooh, away. <laughs> yeah, rough. At day six, you're kind of closing your eyes going, I hope I'm going to be okay because I'm really oh. hungry. Yeah, it moved from beef protein to bacterial protein. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy selling burgers in Bolivia and Bolivia is quite a, quite, a, quite a poor country, you know, in fairness. And uh, we're walking out of a bar and it's like, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning and there's one guy selling burgers and everyone's walking past him. No one's stopping. And I kind of stopped and said, I'll have two of your lovely burgers or whatever meat you happen to 
you know, catch that day. And uh, I had two of these burgers. I swear to God, guys, I went home and I, I just, I, you know, freezing cold sweat and I'm going to get sick. This is not a great story to finish on. And I grabbed the bin and the bin had, had like tiny holes. It was a waste paper bin with holes in it. So I just spewed into this bin. And the, I remember the water going, and it just kept the lumps in there. And uh, then I fell asleep. But, uh, oh, lads, it was it was the worst few hours of my life. My God, it was torture. <laughs> Anyway, brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I think we're looking forward somehow next week. We well, look, next week we've definitely got cats because we've got cats on Friday. Uh, somehow next week we're going to get a wonderful live to you that will be maybe not so live. Um, we might pre-record something because uh, Connor right now is a bit delirious and he's not <laughs> sure how he's going to cope. If both me and Nick are not accompanying him. So we might, might, we might do, a do a not so live from a beach with our dogs running around us just to show Ooh. you what it's like. Uh, oh, things to watch out at the seaside. We could do we could do heat strokes. Yes. We could do um, going in the sea. You know what it is. Why, why do they do a Marley and me where they'll drink seawater and end up squittering everywhere? We can talk through that and explain uh, you know, all of those things. We could do a beach special. How do you fancy that? Have you, do you reckon you want to check your 4G out, Nick, and see? Uh, see? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I could, I, could, uh, I could walk down the road to my beach here and uh, <laughs> pretend I'm on holidays. Put my handkerchief on and tie knots in it. Why do people wear such crap hats? I mean, everyone wore hats back in the day, but they all had these handkerchiefs. Why, why on the beach with that? Weird, isn't it? That was an English thing. You never see that in Ireland. You never saw it. Oh, we're going to enjoy this. We're going to have a bit of an adventure. Pete's going to have a dicky fit nightmare because the sound is going to be all over the place and I'll have to see if yeah. we've got a wind yeah. mic somewhere <laughs> just yeah. to muffle yeah. the wind. Um, but yeah, no, let's have some fun next week and look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, no shorts. We're not having those jokes about shorts and Connor. You know, make sure they're clean this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was years ago. How are you still bringing that up? Let's do I can see the comments coming <laughs> yeah. up. Anyway. <laughs> uh, they're clean now. Actually, they're in the bin. I had to throw them out there a few months ago. I was distraught. Do you know when you just love an item of clothes and then you have to get rid of it? It's like, I really didn't want it. And Elaine eventually just... The, the, there was a tear in the crotch about that big and I was going up my bum and she said, like, just get rid of those shorts and she just ripped them on me and I had to throw them out. Oh my God. I still can't replace them. It's ridiculous. I'm wearing a really... Oh, you see, when you've got a surgeon in the house, what you do is you just re-stitch them. <laughs> no, the two... Uh, no, I asked my mum. She says they're lost. She goes, they're gone. Well, it was all flimsy. Too much. Anyway. <laughs> so, right. Stop yeah, while you're ahead. Stop yes, while you're ahead. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great hey, to catch up with you. See you all next week, yeah. one way or another. Brilliant. Take care, guys. Thanks for coming, guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>